United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Scott Worden is Director of Afghanistan and Central Asia Programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace, joining me with his perspective on where things stand in Afghanistan. Scott, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Ah, glad to hear it. Uh, so let's talk a little Afghanistan, shall we? Where do we stand on the uh, force withdrawal? Well, the force withdrawal, as far as numbers go, is ahead of schedule. Uh, the announcement that was made the other month was that all U.S. troops would be gone, along with NATO allies and partners, by September 11th of this year. And it seems to be going uh, better than planned, and the troops will be out probably earlier, although there's no official new date. And so that's good news in terms of logistics and the objective of having troops gone, but it's proving to be bad news for the overall political situation in Afghanistan, and it's been a setback for the peace talks. Yeah, the Taliban claims they've changed, but I doubt it. No, I don't think there's much evidence that they have changed. Uh, Afghanistan has changed, and that is the real question as the peace process or the conflict goes into a new phase without uh, foreign troops on the ground. The cities of Afghanistan which are probably at least half the population right now, have had a very different experience over the last 20 years than rural areas. They've had greater freedoms, better economy, and Afghans are happy with that. And Mm -hmm. many that are in the cities fear a return of the Taliban. They say they don't want to go back to the old days. Um, And the Taliban are... Not showing, they're, they're having a softer tone, I guess you would say. They say at the Doha talks that they care, they understand the need to change, they, they care more about women's rights. But the experience of areas under Taliban control has been that not much has changed. Right, right. Um, and the prospects for civil war, what do you make of that? Well, unfortunately, they've increased. I think that both sides are far apart, the government and the Taliban, as far as what they want for the future of Afghanistan. And I think at the end of the day, while this is about ideology and conservative versus more liberal interpretations of Islam, it's also about political power. And the Taliban want to take over. They'd rather have majority share. Um, so with that big of a gap between them, uh, unfortunately, I think the logic is that each side will want to test its strength on the battlefield in the absence of foreign troops and see uh, how strong they really are. The Taliban in particular, can we take over and achieve all our aims? So I think the logic is that the fighting will increase. Hopefully, it will reach another stalemate, and then you'll have another ripe opportunity for talks. Mm. Um, uh, I saw that uh, the UK was moving quick to get their translators out of Afghanistan ahead of the full withdrawal. What's the status of the U.S. program? Well, the U.S. program has accelerated significantly in the last several weeks. There are roughly 18,000 applications for what's called a special immigrant visa. This is not just translators, but a whole range of Afghans that have worked for uh, the American government as uh, contractors, worked on development projects, and so forth. Um, That's a big backlog, and the average processing time has been about three years for that. And so that's unacceptable under the current circumstances. 
the U.S. government recognizes that. I understand that they've sent additional resources to try to process these applications. Um, so it is accelerating, but that's a lot of work to be done. And it will not be completed by the time U.S. forces withdraw. So there will be a period of vulnerability uh, for people that uh, in areas where the Taliban may increase their control. Um, was, was the uh, plan still to uh, put them on Guam in the meantime? Was it Guam? Well, they've talked about that. That's something that the Cur- the, I, I think happened in the 90s with the Kurds when uh, after the first Iraq war, uh, they were threatened by Saddam Hussein. I haven't heard. I'm, I'm not aware of active plan. I think it's a, it's a notional uh, idea. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, as bad as the situation is in Afghanistan, I don't know how attractive that is to do a lot of Afghans. It really depends <laughs> on what the Taliban are able to do on the battlefield. Uh, obviously, that can change. Uh, there could be an existential threat or a deadly threat. Um, but right now, the, the idea is to process it through normal channels. Well, I mean, given the experience in Australia, when all those Afghans ended up on those right. those barrier islands that ended that turned into terrifying, horrible experiences, I I too would be reluctant to go to an island on be, on behalf of our yeah. liberators. Like, no thanks. Yes, man, yes. that was landlocked to uh, to islands surrounded by water is probably unexpected for them. Right, exactly. Um, all right. Um, so some other stuff. Meanwhile. Um, now you were talking a little bit earlier about the um, the peace process and and wh- where what is the status of that precisely? Well, officially, the two sides have negotiating teams that are meeting in Doha, Qatar. Uh, the talks have been quite stagnant for months now, and understandably so, in the sense that the U.S. troop withdrawal was, I think, <clears throat> certainly the U.S. main leverage, and and it's helped the Afghan government. The Taliban have little incentive to negotiate if they're going to achieve their main objective of having foreign troops gone without needing to make any political concessions. So they've been quite slow. But there are proposals on the table to address, uh, let's say, the key underlying drivers of the conflict, the reasons that they're fighting, which has to do with the the structure of the state, who leads it, uh, what's the role of the Supreme Court versus Islamic courts. There's a proposal for a meeting in Istanbul that would be higher level. Uh, It's been delayed twice now. And the hope is that once the troop withdrawal goes, then Afghans will recognize on both sides that the logic I mentioned earlier about testing their strength on the battlefield will cause destruction and they'll get right back to the negotiating table. So Uh better better to short circuit that and talk about these key issues now. So we're waiting for a new rescheduled date of that. and it should come anytime in the next few weeks. Um, you know, something that troubles me about this whole deal, Scott, is that it, it the the Biden administration seems to have a cynical calculation, a political calculation that obviously this is what Biden wants to do. Right. He's been wanting to do this for a while. And but they 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 believe that there won't be any political blowback for them, no matter what happens in Afghanistan, that Americans are just tired of our involvement there and that it that like it'll look bad and it'll be sad for the women and girls. But they won't there won't be any political consequences for them. And that uh, it seems that is that depresses me, frankly, seems sad. Yeah, if, if that's true, that indeed is, is depressing. I mean, I, I, I don't know what was motivating the decision specifically, but I think that there are uh, a few things to ease in mind to avoid that. Uh, one is, of course, the Iraq withdrawal. So U.S. troops withdrew there. 
uh, some said prematurely, we then had a civil war and, and ISIS uh, emerged quite strong in the aftermath. So, you know, people, military and civilian, are looking at that example and trying to avoid it. I think the other significant action is that Congress remains very concerned about uh, not just women's rights, but other gains that have been made over the last 20 years, uh, making sure that sacrifice by Americans is uh, results in some lasting change. And so the funding needs to continue as well. And that's the other lesson is from when the Soviet withdrew, uh, Afghanistan, the government did not collapse until the funding stopped, not when the troops left. And so that's a really important option to keep support for the Afghan government. Really interesting to talk to you. Scott Warden is director of Afghanistan and Central Asia programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Scott, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. Thanks for having me. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.